the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Good day. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. I did a little nibbling on stock purchases yesterday. We'll talk about that. The year started off with a thud, to be fair. It's been a 10-year run where thuds are normal and healthy. Whenever there's a 5% correction, we've been buying the dip. When in theory, we should wait on occasion to get better deals on 10% and 20% corrections, which back in the day were a normal thing until the last couple of years. Tech stocks are probably getting hit the hardest. Let's talk a little bit about it. Down more than 2% with its back against the wall yesterday. The NASDAQ staged a huge comeback to close in the green and snap a four-day losing streak, i.e. buying on the dip. There was a big whoosh down, which Jim Cramer from CNBC has referred to whooshes down as inefficient. I agree. Is it a great time to buy? No one knows. Moderna was the SP 500's top performer after the CEO said the booster shot targeting Omicron would be ready to enter clinical trials sooner rather than later. March. What's interesting to note about that, one healthcare expert that I was reading last night said, don't even worry about the Omicron booster. He said, we're all going to get it. And I was like, okay. Now we're talking. Maybe we can finally get over the, you should have got a shot or not got a shot. You're a Republican, you're a Democrat. If we're all going to get it, then we're all going to get it. I would actually strangely almost kind of welcome that other than for people who have underlying health conditions and children, which sadly makes it a wish you can't really wish for. A growing number of finance experts are taking the over when it comes to the number of interest rate hikes this year. Yesterday, Goldman Sachs said, "Ah, we think the Fed's going to raise four times, not two. JP Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon said he'd be surprised if it were only four rate hikes saying that he's seeing the best economy he's ever seen in his career. What's going on? Bankers seem to know that kind of stuff. Just throwing down. As COVID restrictions eased in 2021, U.S. greenhouse gas emissions jumped 6.2%. Represents a sharp U-turn from the um, emissions plunge that we had, the largest ever on record in 2020. Throwing that out there. Crime is coming to Farmville. Take two interactive known for Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption. Two fairly violent video games that it's okay to be a bad guy. Um, they're buying Zynga, $12.7 billion deal, Farmville, words with friends. What I got from a little bit of digging yesterday is that as we're reopening the economy, take two saying people aren't playing on their consoles. 
as much. They're on the go. They're in the backseat with mom and dad. Let's get some um, mobile gaming going. Okay. Uh, between the two companies, they should have net bookings of about $7 billion. Bringing it closer to Activision Blizzard and Electronic Arts. Interesting times, I, I say. Georgia beat Alabama for its first f- college football championship since 1980. I would guess that goes back to Herschel Walker days, huh? Net does it? It feels like it could, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, starting, the brain is starting to rot. I'm just going to get Alzheimer's. <clears throat> a man with a life-threatening heart disease got a heart implant yesterday from a genetically modified pig in its first ever procedure of its type. And I strangely think that is a really, really cool story. I'm glad it happened in my lifetime kind of thing. One year ago to the day, the faltering video game retailer GameStop was hovering around $20 a share. Then there was a short squeeze and the stock ran to $400. Meme stock mania reflected the broader surge of retail trading during the pandemic. As we all buckled down, we all started saying, you know what? I'm not going to go to work and make money. I'm going to try to make money trading stocks. And Robinhood did very, very well with that. I find these all very interesting times we're living in. Signal's top CEO or top executive stepped down. CEO Moxie Marlins Bike announces resignation as company looks for a replacement. A successor failure starts at top. I always want you to remember that. Anytime an executive resigns, it brings up a whole litany of questions. Why? Why, 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 why? Amazon's having problems retaining employees. They're changing how they distribute stocks to employees to keep them invested. Sooner rather than later. They want to make every day better for employees. And it just tells you that tinkering is part of financial engineering of the happiness of executives. But Google and Amazon have a problem where they have a lot of low paying employees, Amazon more so than Google. And Google's salary hike for executives triggered criticism from the ranking staff file. After saying, no, we're not going to give Google employees a raise to accommodate for inflation. TikTok is testing its own retweet function, similar to Twitter's feature. It allows users to share content with followers without having to send videos one by one. TikTok's turning into a powerhouse. It's not just for cute dance moves from kids. Um, the themes that powered last year's stock market are being upended in 2022. The S&P 500 usually sees diminished returns in times of Fed tightening and decelerating economic and corporate earnings growth. This week, later in the week, the financials are going to start reporting numbers. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll see how good of a quarter Apple had, Amazon had, Microsoft had, Google had. Alphabet, Microsoft, and Apple, which surged 65%, 52%, and 35% respectively in 2021, are trading down to start the year. 
to start the day year, the SP 500 is down 4% at this pace will be at zero by June, which I don't think happens. 10 year treasury sits for right around 1.77%. It's who could decided step towards 2%. Kind of like the floor is lava jumping from 1.6 to 1.7 to start the year. And Wall Street's digesting it. It's a fairly big move. Bitcoin dipped below 40,000 yesterday in trading as crypto slump deepens. Lots to talk about, in my opinion. Some of the things to talk about today that are not necessarily story-oriented. CVS Health and Illumina provided upside guidance with earnings. Illumina is really fascinating. They make test kits to catch pathogens. So if there's a terrorist attack or if there's a COVID variant, their machines can, can, can help cities find it in the city before it shows up in the hospital. Never going to eradicate the bacteria or the virus or the threat, but it certainly could contain it a lot faster if we wake up and smell the, the COVID, so to speak. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, and it's called Illumina. Check it out. I-L-M-N. Really cool videos on their equipment. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. RobBlackShow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I really wildly appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you're learning something. Was it yesterday or was it Sunday or was it Friday? Some of these days tend to run into each other with the headline news. Um, Joe Biden, President of the United States, said recently that insurance companies should cover the cost of at-home COVID tests. And I thought nothing of it. My initial reaction was something along the lines of this. Yeah, I guess if I have time and I want to file for like sending in a receipt to my insurance company or if Joe Biden's going to mail them to me, I guess I'll take them and, you know, maybe use them if I need to kind of thing. I've been pretty protected, I feel. I've been living pretty protected lifestyle. It's getting old. Pre-pandemic, I used to go to a restaurant for lunch two times a week that showed soccer games, and I'd talk to the bartender, and he was kind of like a friend of mine. I'd get a chicken sandwich and like a soda. Um, I'm pining for those days for lack of a better term, uh, phrase. But uh, Joe Biden sending out COVID test kits to every American family and telling insurance companies you should cover the cost for at-home COVID tests. It was kind of lost on me. And then in the middle of the night, I go, oh, this means you could probably buy CVS. In large part, because more Americans will be going to CVS to get their free insurance kit or to get their free COVID testing kit. And when you're there, you're going to buy something that you don't need, like a two-pound bag of Swedish fish, which probably has a higher chance of killing you than COVID. It's a joke. It's a joke. I don't know anyone who's died of, of uh, 
Sweden, uh, Swedish fish. My son at one point in time wasn't the smartest. My three-year-old, he's not three anymore, but at one point in time, he asked me if Swedish fish were really fish. And I was like, you are so stupid. I could put a pillow over your face because I got another one. My wife like jabbed me in the, in the ribs and goes, that's not even funny. I'm like, that's why we got two. <clears throat> Anyhow, I can tell that's not working with the audience today. CVS raised its full year earnings outlook and reiterated prior guidance for 2022 as the company draws customers to stores with COVID tests and vaccines and chases opportunities to offer them other kinds of healthcare services. One of the things that's happened is the rollout of in-store clinics. As Americans are are pretty freaked out about going to hospitals. Um, my colonoscopy this year was me basically wiping some fecal matter on a test strip. Instead of the doctor saying, um, drop your drawers and bend over and cough. Much easier to do it at home. Not as accurate, or maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that matter. But CVS wants to turn itself into more of a healthcare destination. So that's, I, I think that's the point of the segment right now. I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm going to say that's good enough. Flight cancellations are, are nuts. The day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, we learned that Omicron was a thing. And now a month and a half later, we're learning it's a thing that cancels flights. Thousands of flights over the holidays because of snowstorms and staff members out sick. Carriers canceled 2,600 flights over the weekend, 1,300 on both Saturday and Sunday, down from the nearly 5,000 scrubbed on Thursday and Friday. The number of consecutive days with more than 1,000 cancellations now stands at 15, dating back to 20, December 26. That's pretty aggressive. Keep in mind, I traveled over the holidays, and my flight was canceled. But because I'm the kind of guy who wakes up at 4 in the morning, I was not the first to know about it but I was able to get on an earlier flight that had four seats left. And I had exactly four people who needed to fly. The number of flights canceled hit 10% only the fifth time that's happened in the past decade. At the end of March, 2020, shortly after much of the U S went into lockdown, more than 40% of flights were canceled in a single week. COVID chaos. They're calling it Southwest United had the most canceled flights Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Southwest canceled 1,500 flights over three days, or 17% of its scheduled. United canceled 10%. Alaska Airlines canceled 20%. United Airlines put the blame squarely on the rise in COVID cases. So if you don't think this is going to wreak a little bit of havoc with first quarter GDP numbers, you're lying to yourself, just so you know. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Here we are in early January. We're getting ready to report earnings basically from the last three months of 2021. So on one level, we're going to be going, oh, let's take a look at this and and try to decide what we think about it from 2021. Do we close out strong? But on another level, when first quarter GDP comes out a couple months from now, we're going to be going, oh, those flights really did disrupt business. So you kind of have to see... uh, a little bit through the turbulence. Uh, now that the holiday season's over, passenger traffic is likely to drop off in the coming weeks before picking up again towards the summer. Um, 
it's really interesting times because everyone is an expert. One of the things about inflation that we won't really talk about very often, 2022 is turning out to be the year of the eyeball, the eye inflation, the eye. I stands for inflation. We're paying more for housing. We're paying more for food. We're paying more for gas. We're paying more for transportation. We're paying more for medical care. I'm sure you can tell me more things that we're paying more for, but I'll stop there. We're falling deeper into the red. From credit cards to car loans, the average family now owes $155,622. The median income fell 3% while the cost of living rose 7% in large part, really due to housing prices and medical costs. 78% of Americans have received some form of pandemic relief since March, 2020, which either went towards buying the necessities, saving, paying down debt. A third of Americans said their household financial situation has gotten worse over the past year. Americans paid off record $83 billion in credit card debt, but now we're seeing debt rise again. This includes $155,622, includes debt from credit cards, from mortgages, home equity lines of credit, auto loans, student loans, and other obligations. It's up about 6.2% year over year. That is something that is problematic. Again, the inflation is adding to the magnitude of the debt that Americans are taking on. That's something. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I work with EP Wealth. If you need a referral to a financial advisor, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I don't want to really call it depression just a funk to me. Maybe it is depression. I don't know. Um, one of the things I promise in 2022 is I have so much content that I don't get to that I would like to. I'll start some other ways for you to get it in a non-produced kind of way. Um, if you've got a good laptop and you go onto Facebook, you can do a Facebook live video. And I think those are fine. I can do the same thing with YouTube. Um, I can do the same thing with Instagram. I have all the resources for Facebook, for Instagram and TikTok. Uh, not TikTok, excuse me, Instagram. Not on TikTok yet, but I'm willing. Um, you can find me at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, I did any of those. And probably sometime in the next month, two months, I'm going to be adding just some longer form content to those areas where I just ramble. Um, because literally I throw away 15 pages of notes a week, minimum. That's too much. Um, let me give you an example. One of the things that I want to talk about today is buy now, pay later. One of the things I want to talk about today is tied towards cyberbullying. And it was forecast that about 42% of U.S. households would use smart home devices in 2021. That's another one. This percentage will grow to about 48 Point four percent by 2025. Data integration leads to more opportunities. Or do I talk about smart home security? Where do I go? There's too much going on, in my opinion. 
So Google came out yesterday and said something that I, it struck me as kind of hilarious. And yet it also told me that Apple's winning the war in cell phones. Because listen to this. Anytime you enter a text message thread on an iPhone, those blue and green message bubbles make very clear um, who's sending it. Is it an Apple user? Or is it not an Apple user and a Google user? Um, I found that fascinating that Google is accusing Apple of cyberbullying. My son just got an iPhone SE, cheaper one. And he is the kind of guy that you insure on phones. With Apple service, you can get Apple service to cover if it's cracked up to three replacements over two years, I believe. I got that, but for an extra $2 a month, you can get a service that if it's stolen or lost, you get another phone completely replaced. I'm like, that's going to happen to my son. And one thing I don't want to be ever is a dad who freaks out over his son who loses something that's $300, $400. I get why you should, but I think the freak out scars them. I try to go through as much of life with minimal scar tissue. I played soccer growing up all the way through college, I was close to professionally good. If I wanted to go to Europe, I could have gone to Europe. But one of the things I could tell you is that I scarred my knees. I scarred my, my joints, my shoulders um, from landing on them. I played keeper. And it, it never, never tore anything, but little teeny tiny scars. And man, aging's not quite the same. So, okay, back to Google. And back to Apple. Anytime you enter a text messaging thread on iPhone, those in blue and green messages make it clear who's on iPhone versus Android. Google claims the distinction leads to peer pressure and bullying that has ultimately given Apple's iMessage clear edge. I want to talk to my kid, but he's not really texting a lot of people. Teens stick with the iPhone over Android because the green text bubble signals that they're using an Android device. Using peer pressure and bullying as a way to sell products is disingenuous for a company that has humanity and equity as a core part of its marketing. The standards exist. They could fix it today, so says Google. How's that make you feel? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think Apple is a status symbol. And when I was single, um, going to the gym, having an Apple iPhone or an Apple AirPods or Apple whatever kind of looked better. It's like wearing Lululemon to the gym versus wearing Nike versus wearing a, a wife beater t-shirt. For the record, does that term need to be canceled before I get canceled? Are we no longer allowed to call them wife beaters? Because let me give you an example of beating or battering. My father used to batter us but he never really fried us. So what he would do is roll us around in like an egg mixture with milk and cream, but he would never actually throw us in the fryer. That's what battering means, right? Yes. <laughs> Texting should be brought, should be bringing us together. So says Google. This sounds just kind of, uh, good luck on that one. Is guess what I'm going to get at? Apple could not be immediately reached for comment. A support page on Apple's website says the green text bubbles come from users who send short message service messages. 
Apple's iMessage is only available for products including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch. Several stories in media through the past few years have documented iPhone users' preference for the blue text bubble over green, shutting out some Android owners from text threads. That story has to be kind of a nice story for you today. On a day when we're looking at the markets correcting to start the year, we're a little bit stressed. Um, today, the markets started in the red. The SP 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ went positive, telling you that some people are trying to buy the dip on big tech. Russell 2000 started in the green, which it should have because it's got a lot of value compared to the SP 500 and the NASDAQ close to historical levels of value. Now, taking a look at some other issues, crude oil slightly higher. That's considered bullish on demand coming out of Omicron. Again, that's a little bit too simplifying it, so be careful on that one. 10-year treasury sits at 1.76 basis points. As it moves higher, the short-term revaluing of tech stocks is a concern. The opportunities in industrials, in energy, in financials, in consumer staples goes higher as interest rates creep towards 2%. So it's not like rocket science here. It tells you historically what works better in these kind of times. Bitcoin's recovering up $677 today to $41,752. Omicron will end up being a good thing for the stock market, so says JP Morgan. This has been one of the interesting um, dilemmas, debates, I guess, debates. Higher bond yields should not be disrupted for equities, but rather support our call for growth to value rotation. Omicron will ultimately prove a positive for risk assets as the milder but more transmissible variant speeds the transition from pandemic to endemic with a lower human toll. That's right. That's where we're at. You know how we've been saying Omicron has, it's going to get you. It's contagious as all heck. Um, I've heard more families that I've known directly in the last month, two months, have it sweep through their families. Um, Good friend yesterday, I was talking to him. We're doing an interview. Um, And he said, yeah, I don't think we went anywhere. I don't know how we got into the house. Probably a grandparent during Christmas is my guess. And he goes, yeah, probably. The Omicron wave presents some downside risk for quarter one. But if it gets us all kind of a shot, and what I mean by shot, exposure, so we develop antibodies and we fight it off, those who live will be pleasantly surprised that now they've got some antibodies and they didn't have to get a shot. And those of us who had shots and don't develop any disease from getting it, we'll have even more antibodies. That's the thought. That's oversimplification for sure. But I like that big banks are starting to see this as end of the pandemic and start of the endemic, whether they're right or wrong. I think it's a good start. So I got it the greatest email yesterday. From a man, let's see if I can dig up his name real quick. Give the story a little bit more. How shall we say grit? It was yesterday, Monday. Uh, when did it come in? K. 
can't stay. Wait, wait, wait. It was earlier in the day. There's a letter in your mailbox. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I deleted it last night, but I saved a copy of it because I knew I was going to talk about it. And I think it's worth bringing up. It basically was, what do you think about RECAF? Ticker symbol. And I look at it, it's Reconnaissance Energy Africa Limited. And it's got five letters in it. Five letters is usually a bad thing when it comes to stocks. It means that they don't have the financials to prove to the NASDAQ or the Dow Jones Industrial Average that they're legit. As my good friend, who I've never met, once said, MC Hammer, too legit, too legit to quit. If you have five letters, you're not really all that important. So I looked at the chart of the company. And for instance, I was looking at the market cap. Couldn't really find it. It's, 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 it's actually pretty big when I did find it. But finding the financials was difficult. It's called the Reconnaissance Energy Africa. Okay. It's an over-the-counter. Over-the-counter is not a good thing. One year ago today, it was 18 cents, 16 cents. And then it spikes all the way to $9. And it goes down to all the way five. I don't really play that game. It's based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, and yet it's an Africa energy fund. Are you with me that this is an issue that they're on different sides of the planet, Nambia, Bosnia, Botswana, and Vancouver, Canada? I don't like stories like this at all. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Somehow I need to work the name Flim into my show. Rob Black's Flim and your money. Or Rob Black and your money and Flim. Rob Black's money Flim. Warren Buffett might have billions of dollars to his name, but unlike other celebrities and financial gurus, he prefers to live simply for the most part. I'm not saying he's a brother of mine or a kindred soul or anything like that, but there's a lot of things I'm very, very frugal on. And there's a lot of things I'm kind of, I spend too much money on. I go over the top, I splurge. He lives in the same house that he bought back in 1958. If most of us, could live to 90 years old, 80 years old, and live in the same house that we bought back in 1958, would be quite wealthy. When you trade homes, when you trade cars, when you trade wives, you lose money. It's an expensive way to live. It's a 6,700 square foot house, five bedroom. that has plenty of renovations and additions over the decades. It's worth over a million dollars today. It's protected by fences and security cameras. He's got a good homeowner's insurance policy on it. But he refers to it as the third best investment he ever made. But home is not just where your heart is. He rarely takes out loans. His one and only mortgage was on a vacation home in Laguna Beach, California, that he purchased in 1971, although he certainly had the cash to afford it. He told CNBC that he took out the 30-year mortgage because he thought I could probably do better with the money than have it all in an equity cash purchase. Interesting. I agree with that. Within reason. I think there's good loans and bad loans. I think when you're starting out young, home mortgage and student loans can be good loans. If the student loan is used for math and science, 
kind of degrees. If it's used for 18th century literature or poetry, it may not be worth as much as you put into it. He buys breakfast cheap, so does Mr. Warren Buffett. He has a personal chef who could cook him a gourmet breakfast, and yet he likes going to Mickey D's. He likes spending $3.17 on his Egg McMuffin. Sometimes he goes with two sausage patties when he's splurging. But he likes the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Boom. Keeping it in that kind of simple. He doesn't go to Starbucks and get a frothy latte. He buys marked down cars. I love this man. I'm truly going to cry like... Have you ever seen Japanese anime? when they're like they have to go across the ocean to save the world and they have a, a whale and the whale's like i can't make the trip john johnny neutron i can't make the trip and johnny neutron's like eh! he starts crying eyes are tears are flying out of his eyes left and right i'm gonna be like that when one buff passes and then the whale goes with him the whale lives and, and johnny neutron starts crying again like i can't believe you made it you're the best whale ever and Tears of happiness come flying out. So he, at one point in time, upgraded his 2006 Cadillac DTS to a Cadillac XTS for just $45,000. He only drives it about 3,500 miles a year. So he's very infrequent. Uh, he said a good habit to do, and I agree with, is check your auto insurance rates every 6 to 12 months. I do it every year. I've been very, very loyal to Geico and USAA in my lifetime. He doesn't splurge on brands. He doesn't much care for designer suits or the latest iPhone model. He had a $20 flip phone for years before swapping out for an Apple smartphone in 2020. He does what he loves. I think that's probably the best thing that Warren Buffett, you can like look at him. And I hope HBO or Showtime or someone puts together a good biography on him or maybe even a TV show um, because he's got a lot to learn. One of the bigger missteps that he had was that he, he tried to reach out to kids like 15 years ago into a Warren Buffett and kids with money kind of thing. And it was just awful. If you look for it on YouTube, you'll find some great audio where you're like, Ooh, that's cringy. He says he has a passion for investing. I kind of have a passion for investing. He enjoys card games. He likes playing the ukulele. I'm not a big fan of playing card games unless there's money involved. He tries to find creative ways to save. Um, I like that. Um, I use acorns, which is a creative way to save. I don't need to use acorns, but every time I purchase something that's a buck fifty or five dollars and two cents or a hundred dollars and thirteen cents, it rounds up and invests for me. And through the years, that's added up to over $30,000. The app is called Acorns. You probably don't have as many transactions as I do. But if you do, I think it's a no-brainer. He told Andy Schur, who is a Yahoo financial editor-in-chief, who I really, really like his writing. I think he's, done a, he's had a great career, Andy Schur, writing about financials. He was one of the people that inspired me um, to use to create like nicknames for companies like Cisco is the um, Sultan of Switches, you know, um, 
the ruler of routers. And you put that in writing and people are like, oh, that's clever. Otherwise, you could just said Cisco Network Equipment Company, but you kind of told me who they were in a clever way. So he told Andy Seward in 2019 that he uses cash 98% of the time. If I'm in a restaurant, I'll always pay cash. It's just easier. What's interesting about that is that's old school. Um, I like credit card rewards, even though I understand that credit card rewards are hurting my fellow man because the company that's giving you the rewards isn't giving it to the people who aren't on the program. And the, the company who's selling you the goods are like, well, we're, we got to pay the credit card company some of this. So we're going to charge the people who aren't a little bit more. They don't need it. They pass it on. Markets are struggling. Really interesting and normal. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with a pullback. 5% is not normal. 10% is normal. 20% is a lot. But it's also really, really healthy. It's like a purge. It's kind of like a, a diet that we need to do on occasion to clean out our system. If it happens, I'll be thrilled. If it doesn't, I'll be thrilled. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.